Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, what's shaking, Red Nation? Man, that's, that stings. I'm not even going to lie. I know, I know that it was... Uh, a game in which the Rockets had zero business of being in to begin with. But you never like to lose. You never like to lose to the Warriors. And you never like to lose to Steph Curry. But that's what happened tonight for the Rockets. Final score, 105-103. Going to bring up my co-pilot, Michael Brown, to get his thoughts on the game. But, Mike, uh, tough loss tonight, but uh, not the worst loss that we've seen for the Rockets in a long time. No, man. They played well. Always a pleasure to be on with you, sir. Um, nice push-off by Stephanie there at the end. Uh, that was great. Uh, nice no-call by the refs. Shocking that the Rockets don't get a call in that building from the refs. Uh, tough game. I mean, they played well. They honestly played well. They did about as well as I thought that they could play against that team. 
there's definitely some missed calls, though, in that game. I don't know how Stephanie didn't get called for a flagrant on the elbow on Garrison or on KPJ. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think we should be calling Stephanie. That's just my opinion. Uh, well, I don't think that's I don't think that's appropriate. But besides okay, well, the point, whoever he is, uh, you know, look, I mean, but also you can you can also think the Rockets got some calls as well. Um, so, um, yeah, I think I, I think that while you could argue one way or another, I, I thought it was perfectly fine. Um, and ultimately, look. The Rockets got a decent look on their last possession, and so did the Warriors. And the Warriors went in, and the Rockets didn't. So that is that's just the name of the game sometimes. But the fact that like it was even in a position to be a close game to begin with was is a, is a testament to how the Rockets played tonight. Uh, you know, they they held Steph Curry to before that shot five of twenty from the field. So that's 25% shooting night from Steph Curry is not ideal for him, especially when he is, you know, the best player on the other team. When you're holding them, someone to five for 20, who's arguably the best shooter ever, uh, you know, that, that's what happened. And ultimately, the Rockets just let one too many shots go in tonight. And they didn't let too many go in tonight. So obviously we have a lot to talk about. But of course, you know, you never like to lose and you never like to lose to the Warriors. But... Yeah, this is another episode of The Dream Take presented by The Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Before we get going to our episode, uh, we would like to remind everyone that TDS Night is coming up at Toyota Center on February 10th. So be sure to head to our website, thedreamshake.com, to find out more information on how you can get a discounted lower bowl seat to the Rockets game on February 10th against the Toronto Raptors. So for more information, head to the dreamshake.com. But let's, let's kind of get into this game here. So the Rockets, they came out very similar script to the Utah game. They came out pretty strong, held the lead in the first quarter and throughout most of that first half. Uh, they only, they only gave up 43 points in that first half. I tried to, uh, I tried to find out if that was like a, uh, a season low. And if it isn't the season low, it's, it's pretty close to it. Mike, that first half defense from the Rockets is some of the best defense they've played all year. Special effort care in the game. They haven't had that all season. They've had it the last couple of nights. They wanted to play defense. They wanted to stop Steph on the offensive side of the ball. They knew that they were going to go to him and they let the other you know players dare to beat them. You know, and they keyed in on him. They did a spectacular job in the first half. And come on, don't say arguably, he is the greatest shooter of all time. And it's not even close. There's not even a close second to Steph Curry shooting the ball. He's the best. He's the greatest shooter ever to play the game of basketball. Another thing, too, that, I, that I'd like to point out is the, the fewer turnovers that the Rockets produce, it, it limits the fast break points that the other yep. team gets. And that's another reason why the Rockets give up so many points every game is they give up so many just fast break points. And they aren't doing that against uh, teams that they aren't turning the ball over a whole lot against. Tonight, 12 turnovers uh, versus 19. Uh, so different. So they, they won the turnover battle, but they still give up 29 points off of those turnovers. So 
they need to they I mean they need to work on their transition defense. That is arguably the weakest spot for the Rockets, period, is is just being able to find a way to move in transition and be able to get that stop because they aren't they aren't very good at that. And it's a big reason why they didn't come out on top tonight. Uh, but ultimately, like it's just it's so much better than it was, you know, before this road trip. I mean, you look at this road trip. I, I would be I, if you told me before this road trip, Mike, that they would have gone to San Antonio, Sacramento twice, Utah and Golden State. And you you would have told me they would have gotten three wins. I told you you're crazy, but they did. They they will go three and two on the road trip. You could have gone four and one. And and look, I mean, a couple baskets go the other way against Sacramento. That first game, they they had a chance to win every single game on this trip. And before that, before this, you were lucky to be able to get into half of the games that you were playing. So. I think that this road trip should definitely be seen as a positive for the Rockets uh, moving forward into the rest of the season for sure. No, you, I mean, come on, man. You're three and two, take that any day of the week. There, there is something, though, that we have to get to, and it, it's a, it's a five-alarm fire to me after this game. And which is? J- Jalen Green. Uh, I knew this was going to come up at some point, so um, why not now? But Jalen Green obviously struggled tonight. Uh, o of 11 from the field, uh, only three points for him tonight, 25 minutes. And we kind of alluded to this on our previous episode about his struggles lately. And I, you know, and whether he's being used correctly and, and all of that, but I'll let Mike, I'll let you get your takes off and, I'll try to fight you on this because I, I definitely think we have different opinions about yeah. Jalen Green here. Yeah, watching him play basketball right now is like watching someone in a grocery store who just goes around, has no idea how to act, has no idea that it's not okay to take 12 different samples from the deli counter or pay with a check at the checkout line. Like, it's so hard because he has no idea what he's doing on the court. There's no offensive flow to his game. And I think I know why there is no flow to his game. And it's because he doesn't know where he fits in. He's a 19-year-old kid playing amongst grown men. And when he's on the court with an Eric Gordon, when he's on the court with a Christian Wood, when he's on the court with KPJ, he doesn't know where to fit in. There's no flow to his game. And it's no, it's through no fault of his own. I mean, he was 0 of 11 tonight. But he made plays, you know, rebounding the ball. He had a couple of nice assists. Like, he's doing things to impact the game. Everything outside of scoring the ball. And in my opinion, the Rockets need to trade Eric Gordon as soon as possible. Because I think it's, it's keeping KP, it's keeping Jalen Green from advancing his progression is where I'm at with it. So I don't think it's his fault. I think his shot's not falling which is tough, but he'll come out of it. Steph Curry was struggling through the last couple of games until tonight, actually until the second half tonight. But the Rockets' offensive system is not being geared towards Jalen Green, and it's significantly hurting him. And his I wouldn't production. say it's significantly hurting him. But like you mentioned, Mike, like there is a very quick fix to this, and that's to trade Eric Gordon, which is probably going to happen sometime in the next couple of weeks. 
Right. And I do think that, look, I think, I think it's a combination of a lot of things right now. One, he's in a massive slump. Like he, he just, the shots just aren't falling. And there are some looks that he's getting that are good looks. Like he's getting some good looks, mm-hmm. um, but they're just not falling. He took some open shots uh, tonight that, that just didn't fall, but he's also not taking uh, some, some quality shots. Like there are oftentimes where I think like a couple of these shots, I mean, I'd have to watch the game back to get a full look at it. But I mean, some of the shots he was taking were like the last second of the, of the shot clock. And, um, you know, he was taking the, um, you know, like he was driving into the lane and, and was just going in on a mismatch. Like Otto Porter was right there and he just was, that just like, wasn't smart. So it's a combination of that plus his role in the offense with Eric Gordon, there being a little, a little bit of a log jam and, just luck like the shots just aren't falling uh but uh, but like you mentioned mike eric gordon's not going to be on the team this time next month and he and Jalen green will be the best the the most beneficiary of that because he is going to have some of those creation opportunities that gordon has on the team currently and i think once he's doing that it will work into like more reps and just you know, regression to the mean, everything will be fine with Jalen. Like, honestly, because look, to be honest, you say Jalen's struggling, and, and I agree. I think Jalen is struggling, but why aren't we saying the same about, about Shangun right now? You like, Shangun's also you struggling. You Obviously, he's doing it. it on less of a, less of a sample size, but like, Shangun hasn't been great in the last couple of weeks since he's come back. But I will say this. They're rookies and they go through, you know, ebbs and flows of the season. And I ultimately think that's why we have what we have right now. It's just, it's just a, a rookie, rookie kind of season for these guys. And, and that's to be expected. Like if I was seeing this from Jalen in year three, maybe I'm a little bit more concerned, but at the same time, you know, shooters got to shoot. And I, and I think 0 for 11 is, to be honest, in some ways it's a lot better than like 0 for 6, 0 for 7 because at least he knows that he still is shooting the ball. He still – and that's kind of what you have to do. That's what Gerald Green was probably uh, – you know, gave him a page out of his playbook. You know, when J- when Gerald Green was struggling from the field, he still kept shooting. There were some 0, and 0 for 11 nights in Gerald Green's career, and now Jalen Green has some. But in order to get out of a slump, you have to shoot out of it. And I think – what we're going to see maybe hopefully when the Rockets get home this week, uh, we'll see maybe some better scoring nights from Jalen green. You know, I would hope so. But the thing is you, you tell me, you know, you know, they're going through rookie, you know, slumps, right? And I get that. Evan Mobley's not going through a rookie slump. Josh Christopher has seemed to figure out the NBA game pretty quick. So I think there's definitely some red flags being thrown up. Now, can he come out of it? I hope so, you know. But Shangun, the Shangun thing makes a lot more sense because of the position that he plays. We knew he was going to struggle. I didn't think Jalen Green was going to struggle like this, though. But you know? is but like struggling in terms of the last week or two or the whole season? The whole because season. I don't think we can really say that 
you know, the whole season he struggled, he's averaging 15 or so points a game. Like that's not a, that's not bad for a guy that just started in the league. No, I mean, it's not terrible, but you take, he's averaging 14.8 points per game, three and a half rebounds, two assists. That's My good th- for a rookie. I, I That's think way it's, more than most rookies. Third, third in scoring among rookies. I agree. Look, I'm not saying I disagree, right? But I'm saying that individually, what I want to see from him, yes, he's putting up the points. He's on a terrible team, okay? The, being Putting up points on a team that's not very good is not impressive to me. There are specific situations that I want to look throughout the game of how he reacts and how he plays. And to be quite honest with you, he hasn't been massively good in the, he hasn't been great in those massively big moments, which is just, has he been given the opportunity to do that? Exactly. Sometimes tonight, you know, he was wide open in the corner multiple times. I'm looking at, uh, I saved three different clips. Three different times tonight, he was wide open in the corner for a three, which we could have used, obviously, and he missed all three. Now, does that determine the game? No. The fact is, he was 0 of 11 from the field tonight, you know? And the thing is, I'm not going to go as far to say I regret taking him with the second pick. That's just, it's a lazy narrative. It's too early for that. Well, it's, it's, it's too early for that. And it's not It's true. way too early for that. Yeah, it's way too early. It's not true. But I will say this, that... I need to see more from him for the rest of the season. And I agree with you. I mean, once you move Eric Gordon, he's going to move more into that playmaking role. I think it is a, when I say a five alarm fire, it's a five alarm fire. The fact that Garrison Matthews looks to be more ready to play in today's NBA than Jalen Green. That's scary. But isn't that because Garrison Matthews has played in the NBA for years already? He's in a very he's like in what third year in the league for him now? Third year in the league, but always played a minimum role. When I say ready no. to play, no, Mike, he started twenty four games last season. Okay, he started twenty four games for an absolutely terrible Washington team. They made the playoffs, Mike. That's something not, more that the Rockets can say. Okay, congrats. They made it last year. He was he was crushed. a rotation player for for a playoff team last year. Like, okay. But this is the first time he's playing meaningful minutes. When I say meaningful. Meaningful? Yeah. This is the first time. What do you mean meaningful? meaningful? I mean meaningful for his development. Jalen like, Green or Garrison Matthews? Both. Uh, Mike, you can't say that. Like, I, I just, I don't see how that's true for, for Garrison Matthews. This, okay. For Jalen Green, yes, I, I can agree with that. But, uh, like, the thing with Garrison Matthews is, of course he's going to, because he is you know, a lot older. He's 25. Like, he's expected to be that. Like, just because Jalen Green was highly touted and because he was such a high draft pick versus Garrison Matthews, who went undrafted, played four seasons, you know, at a very small college, you know, like, that adds up. Like, that, that, like, playing basketball at a high level, like, in 2015-16, was I don't even know if Jalen Green was in high school yet. Like, like if he's not even playing high school minutes and and Garrison Matthews in the same year is playing at D one. Like, look, Garrison. That's why Garrison Matthews is more NBA ready right now than Jalen Green because he's played in more NBA minutes and he's played in more high, um, like high quality talent situations. And and that's not a knock on Jalen Green. It's just how their careers are are working out and. It'll be just fine. Like w- for me with Jalen, it's it's gonna be just fine, and I'm not 
I'm not worried at this point with Jalen Green. Like I said, you know, give it some time, but this is a very normal thing for rookies to go through. Uh, no, no worries or concerns from me here, but we do have 42 listeners live with us here. Um, it is, you know, about to be midnight in Houston. So massive thanks to everyone who supports us here, uh, live on Spotify green room and always at the dream take. We're going to bring up, uh, one of the frequent callers, Adam here to get his thoughts. So Adam, you're back on the show, my friend. How are you? Uh, doing well. Uh, tonight's game was really entertaining. I think that's kind of, uh, I think that's the that's that's been lacking somewhat over the last few weeks. Obviously, last few games they've uh, they've been playing better, showing a lot more effort, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, tonight's game was it was interesting from uh, for me for for Kevin Porter Jr. because I, I thought he played he played he was the primary defender on Steph Curry, especially for a good part of that first half where Steph Curry was really held, held in check. And that, that gave me some hope that some of the glimpses of kind of the you know defensive uh, ability that KPJ has shown this season is is something that you know that that can that that's that's a real deal. And I, I hope that he can continue to to kind of uh, kind of develop that and kind of lay you know and kind of uh, eliminate some of the maybe frustrations that he shows on the court when he doesn't get a call. But other than that, I, I thought the defense was really, was a really kind of bright spot for me. I loved me some scoop tonight. Like he, he played one of the best games that I've seen him play. Um, and I know it, it came in a loss. And I know that he's probably kicking himself over that last possession, but I mean, like he could have got, he would have gotten anybody on that. And, and, and Kevin Porter just so happened to be the, the guy that was right there in front of him. But I mean, look like Kevin Porter's defense kept the Rockets in this thing. Like the fact that it was a two point game is a huge testament to Kevin Porter's defense tonight. And this was an example just of, you know, showing how far he's come in his defense game. Four steals tonight is, is incredible. And again, only one turnover tonight. He had one turnover in Utah, one turnover here. And he is, he is getting better. And, and the thing is this, like, like this is another reason for me why Jay, and I know I'm going kind of back to Jalen here, but this is another reason why I think Jalen's going to be okay. Because we look at Kevin Porter, Kevin Porter was struggling mightily, um, you know, before this road trip, but now you see him and now he's playing some of the best basketball that we've seen from him. It, it, it can switch very quickly. Um, and the, the day that both Kevin Porter and Jalen Green are on their game is the day the Rockets blow out a team. And once they are playing like that on a consistent night, that is going to be a serious, serious team. And then it's going to turn into, oh, okay, well, we need to play the Rockets. And both Kevin Porter and Jalen Green are going to be on their game. And the only way we have a chance of winning is if both of them are off their game and we're on our best game. That's the Rockets' plan for the future, guys. And like ha- seeing Kevin Porter like this keeps me hopeful for for games like this in the future that the Rockets will come out on the winning side instead of the losing side for tonight. What do you think, Mike, about KBJ's defense? That was special. Yeah, I just I think he's getting better. And I said it the other night 
you know, I was emotionally ready for the Rockets to give him a max contract. I'm not there. Obviously, I was totally kidding. But I think the way he's playing right now, they need to extend him at the end of the year. Uh, because he's doing everything you want him to do. He plays with effort. He plays like he gives a damn about, you know, he gives a damn more about the name on the front of the jersey than on the back of the jersey. You know how rare that is in today's game? You know, it, it's awesome. I mean, just watching him play, I love, you know. He's just, he's getting so much better. I mean, six of 20, not six of 21. What was he tonight from the field? Uh, six of, for Kevin Porter? Yeah, Kevin Porter. Kevin Porter, six of 14 from the field, two of six from three. Yeah, I mean, him and, him and Christian Wood, man. I mean, we haven't talked about Wood at all. Wood was good tonight Mm -hmm. in the first half. You know, on the boards, especially. And he had 15 rebounds, not to, he might have been playing hurt too in that second half. Yeah. And in fact, I think he was, and I think it did affect his play a little bit. Obviously he had a good night tonight, uh, from Christian Wood, 19 and 15, uh, in 34 minutes, but 12, 12 of those points came in the first quarter. And that's the thing with Christian Wood though, is he's, he's more of, he's a guy that helps you get going, but he's not a guy that you really rely on when you get into the finish. And I think that's okay. Like he doesn't necessarily have to be that guy, but I would like to see the plays that the Rockets draw up for Christian Wood in that first quarter to be used more throughout the game. I think that if they were to go to him a little bit more often, maybe you get a different a different outcome than you did tonight. But I think overall, like you really have to like what you get from Christian Wood. But going back to Kevin Porter here, I want to play a game. And Adam, you, I want to play this game with you as well. Uh, the game's called Blank Check. All right, you write the Rockets' checks, and you're writing a check for Kevin Porter. Uh, what does that check, uh, what does that check say? How many years and how much money are you giving Kevin Porter at the end of the year? Adam, as the guest, I'll let you go first and, and Mike, you can counter with an offer if you feel that it is fit. Yeah. I, I would say if, if he continues to show kind of the ability on the defensive side and kind of the effort, I, I, I'd give him, Four years, thirty-six million. It says that's about nine million a year. That's, I think, what Daniel Tice is making. So that's four thirty-six. All right, Mike, what are you thinking? Yeah, I don't think he would ever sign that deal. I think it'd have to be closer to four years guaranteed with a fifth-year player option at sixty, sixty-five. Yeah. So here's how his his deal works, right? So. He is extension eligible after this season, and he's eligible for a max contract. The max contract that he is eligible for is five years, $181 million, which I think all three of us can agree, and probably most of the listeners, that's not what he's going to get. That puts him at an a- average annual value of just over $31 million a year. And I think – so Adam's got like about $9 million a year. Mike, you're at about what? Like, you know, you said four years, 50, so that's about yeah. 12 and a half. Yeah, 12. I think it might even be a little bit higher than, than what you guys are saying. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Eric Gordon, like, it's somewhere between that, Ooh. that 460, but Eric Gordon's contract and Eric Gordon, he's making about what, like 17 million a year. Uh, he's at eight. He's at no. He's closer to twenty. He's at like four years, eighty million dollars. I don't mm, see. I feel like that's, that's a sweet spot. That's too it, much. It is a lot, 
Um, but look, knowing knowing where the Rockets have gotten, like these really team friendly deals with got like they've gotten a whole lot of good value on a lot of guys. And Eric Gordon's contract, the last one he signed was for four years, seventy five million. So it's an average annual value of nearly 19 million. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say Kevin Porter gets four years, 64, I think 16 million a year. Do you really think there's a market out there for him? Yes. So the thing is like, he isn't even like a free agent after the season. Like, he is a free agent after next season and he's a restricted free agent. So he will have like the Rockets will be able to match whichever offer sheet. But knowing, you know, when you when you do have a guy that you want to make as as a big part of your future, you want to lock them up as soon as possible. And given where Kevin Porter is right now, I'd be shocked if he didn't get that extension. I don't know if he's getting the max extension, but I do think it is worth putting some investment into your future, especially when the Rockets do have the cap space to do it. Um, and the last, and the Rockets have been so in charge of all of their deals that they've made and they've gotten real, you know, they've gotten some real good value deals. Garrison Matthews being one, Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood. There's really nobody on this team that is like at a bad value for their con. Maybe Daniel Tice, but even now I can still probably argue that he's worth about what he's making. Um, maybe that he's out of the rotation. That's probably, you know, why, but I would say like, you know, the Rockets want to be in control of as many contracts as possible and letting another team dictate what he makes on the open market is not what the Rockets are looking to do, especially with the guy that they, they, they consider to be, you know, part of their future moving forward. So I'd imagine Kevin Porter gets about, I think he's going to get the extension this, this off season. And I think he would sign it. Like, I, I think, I think he'd be silly not to, um, unless he wants to really bet on himself, uh, on a one year contract where he, you know, becomes a restricted free agent and, you know, he lets the, the market set his value, but I don't necessarily think that's in his best interest. Um, and I think his agent is going to be very, um, you know, he's going to be very pro sign an extension because of, you know, what has happened in the past. And, you know, you just want something that's solidified and guaranteed making like, cause the thing is as a 30th overall pick, you know, he had very little guaranteed money. Um, so I, I think, I think an extension is coming for Kevin Porter. And I think it's going to be probably, you know, I, I see where you're coming from Adam with that 436. Um, but that's for right now. I think I mean, in the I, second I half of the season, he'll he'll probably grow that value, I'd say. I mean, if he keeps this up to the end of the year and he shows that this is, you know, this is a prolonged kind of sustained kind of this is what we can expect from Kevin Porter Jr. I may be more in, you know, in favor of going a little higher. But if you compare him to maybe like Colin Sexton before the injury last year, you know, a bad Cavaliers team. Uh, Sexton, what he put up 22, 23, and, and five, right? And at that point, I think he was basically seen as, you know, a $15 million a year kind of player, um, possibly. You know, this is obviously that's changed. That calculus has changed with Mobley kind of performing as well as he has and, and Darius Garland having his coming out party. But 
I, I, I just don't know if there's a market there. If you, if you, you know, I, I was, I'm trying to think of like five teams that would legitimately offer him for six, for 64 and, and that value for, for 64, that's, that's him as a starting point guard in this league. And you'd also have to think is, is, are we kind of set feeling that he is a starting point guard? Cause if you think about him as a sixth man of the year, he's not as good as, you know, Jordan Clarkson, you know, productivity wise. Um, he's not in, in, you know, Will Barton, he, some of these he's other much, but he's much better defensively than a Jordan Clarkson. He's a much different player though. To me, he's not a, he's not a Jordan Clarkson. Exactly. He's yeah. Not, he's not a Lou Williams. He's more of a, God, I'm trying to think of a, but he's a starter. He's not a bench guy. There, there's at least five teams in the league that would give this dude $60 million over a four or five year deal. Could see the Knicks doing it. Oh hell yeah, I can see. That I mean, but there. also at the same time, like this is this is the I only can see Boston doing it. Yeah, I mean, like the only they would offer him after the 2023 season, um, right. which was supposed to be a big free agency class. So I mean, it's we're we're talking about a long time from now, and the Rockets, I don't even think would let him walk. I think they would, even if it got to that point where you know they didn't sign him to extension and he played out his final year of his contract. I do think the Rockets would match. Um, any contract, but uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, I like that we did this exercise now. We'll definitely probably pick it up at some point between now and, you know, the off season when he does it. So Adam, thanks for being the guinea pig of the blank check game. And uh, any last thoughts before we switch you out? Uh, on the on Jalen Green discussion, I, I, I'm, rem- I'm reminded of kind of the interview. There was kind of a kind of I think I mentioned it kind of a few weeks back where KPJ and Jalen Green were interviewing each other in one of the YouTube videos on uh, on their on their channel. And Jalen Green, the thing that really stood out to me from what Jalen Green Green said, he said basically he'd always really relied on his athleticism. And he's still really just relying on his athleticism, but not until about two three years ago, did he actually work on his skills, you know, on, on the kind of the fundamentals of the game, the things that really, you know, the, you know, you know, focusing on, on, on the things that really differentiate these players because all, all, every NBA player is talented. Every NBA player is athletic to some degree, especially at the wing position. And so, you know, there's, there's a long way of, to, you know, to progress for Jalen Green, but what he's shown currently, I, I think, I think there's, you know, we, we really need another summer, another training camp to see what he's coming, you know, how we, how we, you know, how, how, how we see him and kind of what he's shown. Like for instance, like this game, I think he could maybe, I mean, we're, we're speculating completely, but he could slow down the way that he plays the game a little better. You see this with KPJ as well. Like KPJ, he'll make two moves before the defender reacts to the first move. He's almost juking himself out, you know? And Jalen Green, maybe you know, he he has such a quick first step. Maybe it would be better for him to maybe kind of you know get get a guy kind of you know leaning one way or another first, rather than just going a hundred miles per hour. You know, a little using a little bit more pace. Those are things that maybe they haven't had a chance to work on. There's not a lot of practice time, but there, I still believe in Jalen Green. I think it's just you know we need have to be a little bit more patient. And you see you see it in in this game especially. You know, I I felt like at times. I'd like to see KPJ out there a little more, but Silas, I, I definitely see a coaching narrative. They're trying to see what they have on the, on this entire roster. And that's, that's hard to do, right? 
if you were trying to win the game entirely, you probably wouldn't have had Shingun out there as long as you did. He, he was struggling, right? But they're given the chance to work through those struggles. And, and in that sense, I, you know, this is, this wasn't, this wasn't necessarily about winning the game. This was about kind of seeing what you have. And, and I, I applaud Silas and the coaching staff for. All right. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate you as always. Yeah. But yeah, I think those go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say, man, he touched on one thing. I got to tell you, man, I, I, I still think I'm in favor in the offseason of finding a pass first point guard for this team. But I want KPJ as a starter. What I would give, just as an example of a. It's all here, Mr. Rubio. Oh, dear God. Don't, don't get me started. I don't want to. So, so then who? Then who? Tyrese Because Ricky Rubio is a pass first point guard. Tyrese Halliburton. Well, Tyrese Halliburton's not going anywhere. You don't know that. I do. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. I, I'm giving you an example of a guy. You say it all the time. Ricky Rubio doesn't fit the timeline of this team whatsoever. I want a young pass first point guard to go next to a Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. Why couldn't Kevin Porter be that guy? I just, I, I, he had eight assists. It does, it does, it, congrats. It's one game, but I'm just saying that the feel to me, is that Jalen or Kevin Porter Jr. is a two guard? He's not a point guard. Uh, he said seven. He said seven or eight assists in each of the last four games. Sure, I, that's great. So I mean, why why can't he be that? I'm not saying he can't be that. I'm saying what I would love to see the alternative, and I it, it could be as simple as drafting a guy if they get multiple first round picks and having a guy come in and run. You know, maybe as a bench guy, but I want to see it. Yeah, I just, to I, me, it's, it, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But sure. I just want the option do, is what I'm I saying. Do, I do, I am a little bit concerned if we are talking about adding a guard who needs the ball in their hands because we already are seeing how that's affecting Jalen Green with a guy like Eric Gordon that sure. is taking the ball out of his hands. And I just don't, I just don't know if that is the right way to go about it. But I mean, the Rockets really can't be choosing the like if the best player available lands to them in their top pick, then then you take that guy. But I just think right now, like I think Kevin Porter is going to be that guy, Mike. I really do. And sure. and if you want a guy in the second unit that could be that guy, a guy like Ricky Rubio makes a lot of sense. He does. I, I don't know what your vendetta is against this man. He's, he but sucks. He has he's done not nothing good, to you. He has yeah, done but he's, he's not a good player. He's not a good player. Mike, he's over, you he's can't overpaid. be saying that. I can. He's not a good player. He's overpaid. He doesn't fit the timeline. There's three legitimate reasons why I don't want Ricky Rubio anywhere near this team. And he's Ricky out Rubio is averaging 13 points this season. He's out for the year. Okay, but he's out, but before it, before Mike, yeah, he's averaging 13 points a game this year for a team that is. You know, top five in the East right now. So that's fantastic. I, mean, I don't think we can say that Ricky Rubio is a bad player. I think he would fit this team perfectly. Um, but I don't necessarily like. But that's an example. It's an example. Sure. It's not necessarily yeah. someone that they are definitely going to get. But it's just it's an idea. Um, but I also do think that Kevin Porter is going to be that guy. I think that he, we're starting to see his IQ kind of uh, progress here, especially when it comes to handling the ball. And he's not turning the ball over as much anymore. So. I really do think that Kevin Porter is going to be that guy. I have I have faith 
But let's bring up uh, our boy from down under, Shane. Let's see what he's got. Uh, Shane, good morning or afternoon. Uh, you're yeah, on late night. You're on a late night talk show with uh, Mike and me. So uh, what's going on? Oh man, I, I can't lie. I'm feeling a little bit sick in my stomach seeing stuff currently with that shot. Even though it's a rebuild, I know, I know it's a rebuild and it's not about winning, but losing to the Warriors always makes me feel sick. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. Other than that, um, I think there's a lot of encouraging signs today. It's funny. I've been I've been going back and forth um, with one of my other friends who's a Rockets fan, um, and he's just been very adamant about basically Silas not doing a good job because of Jalen Green's touches, and um, yeah, and like basically that like we're going about this rebuild run because we're putting so much emphasis on KPJ, and it's almost like. Great. Greens become in like a background in the narrative, but um, I don't know. It's kind of and like it's also like with the Gordon and like you know like how much he's involved and stuff as well. And like, but then for me, I'm not as I'm not as much on that because I still feel like they're going to value player development after the All Star break, and they're just basically showcasing players for the trade deadline. But I'm just wondering, like. How do you, like, what do you guys think about how we've gone about that balance of, like, player development and then trying to be competitive at the same time? Well, I think, I'll say that. Go ahead, Mike. Go, go. No, I was just going to say, I think one thing we haven't touched on yet is the, I don't want to say the emergence of a guy like Garrison Matthews and Armani Brooks and Josh Christopher, but I definitely think it's playing a role in where Jalen Green feels like he fits when those guys are on the court. Because when Gary, when Armani Brooks is on the court, who played 14 minutes tonight, you you almost feel like I got to get him the ball. He's the best shooter on the court, you know. So they're trying to funnel these touches through, you know, Garrison Matthews and Armani Brooks. Like, hey, we got to get these guys the ball. They're on the court. They're here to shoot the ball. You know, they're both you know 35 percent plus three point shooters. Was Jalen was Jalen really on the like? I can't remember a time tonight where like all three of those guys were on the court at the same time. There was two. There was two instances. It wasn't for very long, but where all three were on the court. But there was more of when it's Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Christian Wood, uh, and Garrison Matthews. That's a. And I think Eric Gordon was the fifth. I think that lineup was out That's there. A lot for of guys at least. touches. And yeah, it, exactly. And the thing is, other teams are figuring this out. You know, Cleveland is figuring out a way. And it's a little bit easier with a big man to bring him into the offense because you can funnel the offense through him. Cade Cunningham is another example where the entire offense is him and Jeremy Grant. So yeah, I think Jalen Green is just having an identity, not crisis, but an identity problem. Like, who am I? Where do I fit on this team? And it's not easy, but you're the second overall pick in the draft. You got to figure it out. You got to play better. Yeah. That's what it comes down to for me. Is that like him, but is that is that him, but is that also like Silas? Or do you think that's just him? I don't think I it's think, si- I don't think it's Silas. Like how can you blame I think you can blame Silas think, for some of the I sets. I think there is part like yeah. I but he doesn't play the game. to blame, but I'll say this. I wrote I wrote a piece about this, you know, at the Dream Shake earlier this week. Shameless plug, go go yeah, read, to the dreamshake.com, check it out. Um I read it. 
Love it. Thank you, Shane. I, I, I appreciate that, you know, people read me. But um, I will say this. When it comes to Jalen Green, Kevin Porter's development is taking a bit of a priority here. And the That's reason why doing. is because that extension is coming up at the end of the season. And I think – and being the point guard of the team – and that's why I think they struggled for so much, you know, before this before this road trip is because Kevin Porter was trying to figure out his game, right? And if Kevin Porter's trying to figure out his game, he can't help Shangun. He can't help um, you know, Jalen. He can't help Garris Matthews. It's you know, he's gotta help himself before he can help anybody else. Mm-hmm. And now that he's starting to figure himself out, now it's his responsibility to go and get his teammates involved. And I think he's found that rapport with Christian Wood, mainly because it is easier to do it with like a, a point guard and a big man. But the thing about backcourts, the thing about backcourts that really um, like these star backcourts is they need to be able to play off of each other. And we see that with Golden State. Golden State's a great example of Clay and Steph were just built for each other, it seemed. You know, Steph being able to, you know, handle the ball and the way that he does it and Clay's ability to move off of the ball, that was, you know, that's why they've been so successful for so long. And it's why they're still successful to this day. Um, I'm not saying Kevin Porter and Jalen Green are going to go be Steph and Clay. They, they can't be Steph and Clay. They're not good enough shooters to be them. But they do have ways in which they can play off of each other. And we saw that mostly in the game against Washington a few weeks ago. Um, where they were kind of like Kevin Porter had a bad game, but Jalen was able to kind of pick up the slack for him. And and lately it's been Kevin Porter picking up the slack for Jalen. Um, but the way that it is, you know, they just got to figure each other out. And I think they're still doing that. Um, and ultimately, but once they get good, like once they figure out, that's how this team is going to be just way too dangerous because they, and and I think they will. Jalen's too talented to not uh, figure it out. And same with Kevin Porter. Like they are just, they're too talented to not figure this thing out. And look, maybe it gets to a point where you're, you're into this thing two years down the line and there isn't as much growth as there could be. And then maybe you look and say, okay, maybe it is a Silas thing. And I, I do think that it is like, you know, Silas is kind of trying to figure out this team bit by bit. And, you know, it's easy for us to say as, as people that are on the outside of, oh, yeah, just, you know, give Shengun a little minutes here and make sure he has Garrison Matthews and Armani Brooks there and make sure Kevin Porter is giving the ball to Jalen Green here. And like, well, yeah, obviously, but it's so different when you're on the sideline versus when you're on the sideline in the middle of a game and – and figuring it out on the fly. And Steven Silas knows he has time to get this right. I'm sure that he probably has, you know, and I don't think that he's really focused on like losing his job per se. Um, I think that he at least feels that he has time. I don't think he feels like he's on the hot seat and he has to do something drastic. Um, because also he like, was there for a little bit. When he was I mean, earlier in the season, but I don't think, I don't think that's the case anymore. And, I don't know. I, I don't think si- Silas doesn't seem to me like he is coaching for his job at this point, or at least he knows that he's coaching for his job at this point. Um, but I will say this with like 
playing Jalen at the end of the game, like there was a lot of criticism um, after the last game because Jalen didn't play in that late fourth quarter because he had struggled in Utah. Um, and I, I believe it was, I believe it was Garrison Matthews who closed that game out because Garrison Matthews was on another level. Um, and tonight you could have made that same argument. You could have said, Hey, Garrison Matthews gives us a better chance to win. And look, who took the last shot? Garrison Matthews. Um, but Jalen Green was out there for some of those last couple possessions. And even though he wasn't making those shots, he made those hustle plays that you need, like to get that last rebound on the offensive end. Massive. Like that was a massive um, board. And like, so it's like hustle plays. And that's to me why a guy like Jalen will work out. Like, I know he will because he makes those plays and once he just gets everything sorted out, it might take some time, but once he does, it's a bad man. That's going to be a bad man. And him and Kevin Porter, it's going to be a bad backcourt, and the rest of the league is going to be put on notice because those guys will be really difficult to stop on a night-in-night-out basis. But I still think you got to force-feed Jalen at the end of the game. Yeah, and, and I think he's that never, will... he's never going to figure it out. Well – Tonight would have been a perfect night. You're all of 11. It could have. Forced yeah, but he still took some shot. shots at the end. But I will say Suffered. this. like, yeah. It gets to a point of, okay, well, do you want to like, – you like at the end of the game, you have a chance to win. Are you playing the game to develop or are you playing the game to win? And I do think tonight, even though he still went with Jalen Green at the end, Silas played to win. And that's the right thing to do because – you can't build a winning basketball team without trying to win, especially when you have the chance like tonight, like Wednesday night, like Sunday, yeah. like he had the chance to win. So he went for the win and he swung and missed tonight, but that doesn't mean he didn't try. Um, and that's the thing is uh, Ryan Hollins brought it up in, in a Twitter space that I was in a few weeks ago. Um, you know, it's like you can't build a winning culture without trying to win. And that's why I don't consider what the Rockets are doing right now to be tanking because they are like, if they really wanted to tank, they would have lost that game in Utah on Wednesday. They could have easily lost that game if they really wanted to. Um, and they could have, you know, they could have given up in this game a lot quicker than they did if they were really trying to lose. So for everyone that's saying the Rockets are tanking, um, you know, whatever your definition of tanking is, they might be, but as far as I'm concerned, my definition of taking is actively trying to lose every game. Rockets are not that team. They are not that team. You no, know, it's great. And it's great that they're doing that. I see developing. I don't think it's interchangeable to force feed your number two overall pick a shot at the end of the game. To me, that is developing your talent. That is putting a, your franchise cornerstone piece in a, in the best and position to be honest, possible to win the game. That's yeah, they what they drew, they drew up that play for Matthews, right? They drew up that play for Garrison mm-hmm. Matthews, and it was the right play. Like, ah. it gave him an open shot in his spot, in rhythm. Like, it was exactly what you're looking for. But let's just say Garrison Matthews had a – like, if he had rolled an ankle or something and couldn't be out there, I do think that there's a world in which Jalen Green gets that shot. Because, the, like, the – you know, they talked about Jalen Green as confidence, right? Jalen Green has a ton of confidence. And I don't know if he was necessarily feeling very confident tonight, but you still, like, Jalen Green, I wouldn't have been surprised if they drew that play for Jalen Green. And I think that Steven Silas would have had Garrison Matthews not been in the game. But in that moment, 
when you're down, like it's a tie game. At the end of the day, I don't, I don't really care who takes that shot. I want the best person possible to take that shot. And Garrison Matthews in that spot is about as good as you could get for any of those guys. So I don't, I don't have any problems about that last play call. I don't have any problems about it being Garrison Matthews or Jalen Green. At the end of the day, you when you need one bucket, you get your guy out there. And and look, I think had had it been, but also like think about it, like had they had the shot clock been turned off, that ball would have been in Kevin Porter's hands too. So it, it's like the Rockets will do what is best for them to win that game at that moment in time. And with a five-second inbounds play, Garrison Matthews was the right call, at least from my vantage point. Sure. I will, I will say this. I think the fact that he's not having the ball in his hands as much this season, Jalen Green, is like what a lot of people expected. Um, we are seeing that at least he's committed on the defensive side of the floor and like rebounding. He had some good defensive plays today too. Yeah, he blocked Steph Curry in the fourth. Like those intangibles are super important because like once he starts to get more touches and hopefully starts to become a more prominent um offensive player in this league, um the fact that he's learned the value of defense and like rebounding and stuff is like super important, you know. Yeah, Shane, any last thoughts before we sign off? Um, no, just like I guess I guess, like, um, for me, it's just, like, we need to be patient, I guess. And, like, we should be thankful that we're competing like this because we just got to go back to last season and remember how difficult it was. So this oh. is good, man. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. We had to repeat last season. I don't think I'd be here right now, to be honest with you. Last season might have been a 40-point loss, but tonight – just a two-point loss. But, Shane, thank you so much for tuning hey, in Shane. and uh, coming up and dropping your knowledge. Yeah, we had a nice little audience tonight. 40 Phenomenal. listeners still with us here at awesome. 1227 local time. Uh, massive thank you to everyone uh, who listens to us. It really is, yes, is very humbling to, to have this many people, um, you know, care about what we say, even on a night like this when, you know, we would love to be talking about a win. Um, but the fact that even after a loss, uh, we have this many people coming to, to listen to us is, is very special and it doesn't go unnoticed. So I really want to thank each and every one of you that's listening to us live. And to those that are also listening to us on demand, taking your time out of your day to choose to spend it with, with Michael Brown and, and Jeremy Brenner. So, um, super, super grateful for everyone, um, here. And, uh, yeah, we've got, we've got a couple days off now. Um, given the fact that the Rockets um, played that Sixers game two weeks ago uh, on the 10th, that game was supposed to be on Monday. So they actually have three days off for their next game on Tuesday against the Spurs. And then they have another two days off um, and they played the Blazers on Friday night. So Mike uh, trip home uh, should be nice to get into the bed and a lot, a nice long weekend before you get back on the court. What are you looking forward to? Uh, for these next two games at Toyota Center this week. Yeah, man, spend some time this week, I feel like, doing some team bonding. You know, I don't know how much they do that on the road. I don't know if it's possible. I know how crazy they're... I think the road is where it's at. Like, Yeah, but I mean, like, get home, get some good practice time in, go get some... Get some good together. food. 
Yeah, go get Kenny and Ziggy's delicatessen. Yes. Yeah, go get a pastrami and corned oh beef God, on rye really right with potato salad and Russian dressing with a chocolate egg cream and a matzo ball soup. You know, go on over. <sighs> you know, go to Papa Doe. Go to oh, a nice. So yeah, go to a nice. I'm so dinner. jealous. I'm not in Houston right now. <laughs> well, we would welcome you with with <sighs> open arms. Well, um, if you are in Houston on February 10th. Uh, you could head over to the Toyota Center for the Dream Shake Night at Toyota Center. The Rockets are playing the Toronto Raptors on Thursday night. It's going to be a massive day for us as it's also the trade deadline day. So we're going to have a huge day of stuff, and it's going to end at Toyota Center with a super fun night. You can meet all of the Dream Shake gang that's going to be there, and uh, you can get tickets for uh, about 50% off pretty close to it. If you head to our website, thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com, you can get more information and a discounted lower bowl ticket to an NBA game. Uh, never hurt nobody, especially if you're looking for a uh, Valentine's gift, Valentine's days around that time. And, you know, just or birthday gifts. There's a lot of people with birthdays in February. It should be a fun night, whether you spend it alone, whether you spend it with your significant other boyfriend, girlfriend, son, daughter, it's going to be a great night. You're not going to want to miss it. So head to thedreamshake.com for more information. You can also follow us on Twitter at the Dream Take and at Dreamshake SBN. Head to our Facebook page over there and give us a like. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown at BSW Podcast underscore MB. Follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E. NER, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.